0: One scroll, seven seals, and a worthy lamb. I do want to look at a big uh, chunk of Scripture this morning, which really is a joy to do together. I want to do two things. I want to look at Revelation chapters 4 through 8, and then also look at one particular passage from that section which is near the end of chapter 6. And that's what we read now. So Revelation 6, verse 9, through the end of that chapter, would you look there with me? Verse 9 of Revelation chapter 6. It says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, notice that no one is excluded here. Everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of Him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who can stand? Let's pray together, even as we remain standing. Lord, help us now. Open your word to us, even as Pastor Ben was just praying, Lord, that you might wake us up to your glory, to the truth of of judgments. Lord, not, not ultimately through my words, but as I seek to faithfully speak your word, would you open our eyes and bring about change, Lord? And again, especially in this matter, this doctrine, this truth, as we consider final judgment and who it is who is the judge. So we pray for your help now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. our Bibles open can I direct your attention one more time to that last verse we just read just read Revelation 6 9 through 17 and look again at verse 17 it says for the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand friends we need to understand and be prepared for the final judgment We need to understand and be prepared for the final judgment. It speaks uh, this morning in these four chapters and in this one section about the Lamb and about the wrath of the Lamb. As I said, I do want to look at, at that one section, which is verses 9 through 17, but I also want to look at it in the context of the whole. Really, Revelation chapter 4 goes through verse 1 of chapter 8. Revelation 6 through 8 involves these seals, and these seals wrap up in Revelation chapter 8 verse 1 with with the seventh seal that Jesus opens, and then there's silence. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Look with me. Go back to verse 1 of chapter 4. Look with me again at Revelation chapter 4, and again, our plan is simple. To consider the context of these four chapters and to consider one smaller section there. I like the ESV uh, study Bible, the, the heading for all of this is the Lamb and the Scroll. The Lamb and the Scroll. Revelation 4.1 says, After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here. Now, now if you're looking with me at this, who is this voice? Who's speaking to John? This, this matters. It's, it's the Lord Jesus. And I will show you what must take place after this. At once, John says, I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood up stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. Revelation 4.3, And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. Perhaps many of you have heard of the American Top 40. American Top 40 is an internationally syndicated independent song countdown radio program created by the Somewhat recently deceased, Casey Kasem and others. The program is currently hosted by uh, Ryan Seacrest. But originally it was uh, invented, among others, by Casey Kasem. Very brief uh, bio on him. He was an American disc jockey, actor, and radio personality. He died June the 15th in 2014. We think about a a radio program with counting down the most popular songs in the nation at the time, and without wanting at all to trivialize what we are looking at here this morning, I want us to notice, as we're thinking first of all about the big picture, as we're thinking first of all about the forest, which is chapters 4 through 8 of Revelation, I want us to see this song list. Again, not to... Hopefully not to be cheesy, not to trivialize in any way, but look at the, you might say the, the playlist of heaven. I want to point out to you somewhat, somewhat briefly these, these songs, these, uh, to use a, a fancy word, these, these ascriptions of praise. No, not every single one of these that we're going to look at briefly, not every single one is labeled a song, but all of them speak about how worthy God is. And so we could say that they're all under the label of song. I have two headings this morning, and the first one is this. Very simple, and it's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I've said that it's a joy and a privilege to look at a big chunk of Scripture. We said at the men's meeting, we want to look at Sometimes one verse or just a few verses, and sometimes we want to look at the big picture, and and today we want to do that in tandem. That can possibly be overwhelming, but let's keep it simple. And let's say, first of all, especially my brother and sister in Christ, praise the Lord. That's an encouragement to you. It's a command from God. Praise the Lord. Let's notice these songs. This isn't the American Top 40. These are the songs of heaven. Uh, In particular, these are the songs of Revelation 4 through 8. Look at the first one. This will be a, a nice thread that you can use to hold these chapters together. The first one's there in verse 8 of chapter 4. Verse 8 of chapter 4. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, like like the hymn, right, that we often sing, many of you know. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Do you see that there at the end of verse 8? R.C. Sproul is with the Lord. Let me remind you of what he said. R.C. said, Only once in sacred scripture is an attribute of God elevated to to the third degree. Only one time in the Bible is a characteristic of God elevated to the third degree. You see? Only once, he says, is a characteristic of God mentioned three times in succession. The Bible says that God is holy, holy, holy. By the way, one thing that we want to see this morning is that the words wrath and lamb... Now here we're talking about God the Father, but just a preview, one of the things that we want to see is that the words wrath and lamb are not antithetical to each other. They can and they do go together. Because Jesus must not be just our buddy or our friend. He must not be our buddy. He must be your friend if you would know God but He is holy, holy, holy. That's another thing that we see in this passage. Again, just keeping it simple, is that here in chapter 4 we begin with God, but we also see that you cannot escape, you cannot escape the conclusion, especially in chapter 5, that these songs, the playlist of heaven, forget Seacrest and forget Casey Kasem, but in the playlist of heaven... You see the clear deity of Jesus Christ, that he is God of very God. Well, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself just a bit. Can you notice these other songs with me? Here's another one, verse 11. Again, not all of them say song or new song, but that's what they are. Verse 11, if you read the end of verse 10 of chapter 4, they cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Listen and look at me for just a moment. I'm very eager that you would look and see and hear the word of God this morning. More than what, what I have to say. Keep me, hold me accountable. Hear the word of the Lord. It says, for you created all things. And we noticed this last week. And and by your will, they existed and were created. As we just briefly survey these songs, let's just ask the quick question of each of these songs. Who is the one being spoken of? Who's the one being worshipped? Let's ask that question through song. And why are they being worshipped? Well, in the answer in chapter 4, we notice two songs, verse 8 and verse 11. And it's God, the Father. It's God. And, and, and why? On, on what basis? Those Remember, those are our two questions. Who's being worshipped? On what basis? It's God, the Father, on the basis, verse 11, of the fact that He is holy creator. He is creator God. He is sustainer God. He is the ruler. He's the one who made you and who gives you breath right now. And he's worshipped, God is worshipped, because he is holy, holy, holy. What about the other songs? Chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Notice and Treasure, verses 9 and 10, and notice, of course, what it says. They sang a new song. Look at verse 12 in chapter 5. There's three of these in chapter 5. The first is 9 through 10. The second is 12, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. What's our question number one? Who is being worshipped? Remember in chapter four, it's God the Father. Well, I submit to you that in chapter five, it's God the Son, right? Who is it specifically? According to the text, it's amen, it's the Lord Jesus, it's the Lamb. Do you see? It's the Lamb. Why? On what basis is he being praised? On what basis is there a new song to him? On the basis of the fact that he was slain. Listen. The Lamb who was slain, who purchased, he purchased for God people from every tongue, tongue excuse me, tribe and nation, that they would be a kingdom and priest to God. Specifically on the basis of the cross, on the basis of him being slain. That's why the Lamb, the Lamb is receiving, the Lamb's receiving the same type of praise. As God, He must be God. Verse 13, To Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Uh, Chapter 4 is God. Chapter 5 is the Lamb. And this brings them both together, does it not? Do you see? In the middle of verse 13, I didn't read the beginning. I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. The praise is given, the simplest way of saying it, the praise is given to the Lamb and to God and to both God and the Lamb because they are worthy. Why should you follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Why should you become a Christian by the grace of God if you're not this morning? Why should you do what you were created to do? Why should you do what you were made to do? Answer, because he is worthy. He and he alone, the Lord Jesus Christ is worthy. You and I are not worthy, but he is worthy. He is therefore worthy of our praises. And then you skip over to chapter 7. And just quickly notice this, chapter 7, verse 10, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's something to praise God for. What's heading number one, praise the Lord for His salvation. To God who sits and to the Lamb. Verse 12, saying, amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom And thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Well, you have the American Top 40. You have, if we understand that we don't trivialize it, we have the the playlist of heaven, a thread. It helps us to see something of what's going on in this big section, this big chunk of Scripture. Because not only do we sing the doxology, you know, praise God from. But for the Christian, all of life is meant to be doxology. You need to study the Bible. You need to read the Bible. You need to eat and to digest the word of God. And let the product of that eating and that digestion be always praise. My friends, praise the Lord. You who are not yet, I pray, you who are not yet a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, today, through Jesus Christ, begin to praise the Lord. You who are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, today, Praise the Lord. I don't, uh, wouldn't point you much at all for good theology to CCM, which is contemporary Christian music. Too many times it's quite the opposite. Not, not good and helpful. But there's a song about 40 years ago that said this. It says, When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams. Listen. And your hopes have been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes. And you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord for our God inhabits praise. This is what we were made to do. Praise the Lord, the chorus goes on, for the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise him. Not meant to be simple and easy. Just just sing a praise song. Your troubles, that's not what it's saying, of course. But it is saying praise the Lord. It is saying Satan is real. It is saying we may live defeated when we need to remember that the victory is ours through Christ and through Christ alone. Well, not only through this playlist of heaven, not only through these songs, through this thread, not only do we see, number one, praise the Lord. But the second thing that we see as we zero in on the end of chapter six is the final judgment. The final judgments. Now look at this with me. Take a quick glance at verse 15 of chapter 6. As we think about the final judgment. And again, just notice, as I pointed out already, that this is no respecter of persons. It does not matter. It does not matter how much you have in savings this morning. It does not matter how secure you may feel that you are through any means. By the way, God doesn't despise those with wealth. It's a blessing in many ways, so I'm not trying to say that. It does not matter if you're rich or poor, if you're master or slave. It does not matter. The final day of judgment, listen to me, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord spoken about throughout the entire Bible. The Old Testament over and over again, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, and it reaches a crescendo in the New Testament. The day of the Lord, the day of the Lord is coming and Jesus will be judged. And it does not matter who you are. It does not matter your social status. Verse 15, then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and the rocks. Can you pause and get this picture in verse 16 of chapter 6? Do you know what it is to fear the Lord? Because what this is saying in verse 16 is that mighty people, powerful people, people of influence and wealth, status, they, among everyone, will be calling to the mountains and rocks. Can you imagine that? Fall on us. Hide us. From who? From God. Amazing grace. John Newton, right? T'was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. The Christian does not walk in what has been called servile fear. Do you know what that is? The Christian doesn't live in servile fear as though God's going to punish me. But the hymn is right. We refer to it often. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. hide us from god remember revelation 4 the lord jesus takes john into into heaven he's in the spirit he goes into the throne room and there's a throne and there is what capital o one seated on the throne my friend you're going to have to deal with god you are going to answer to god as surely as i'm standing here today And God has been pleased to bruise his son so that you can answer him today and say, by faith and by your grace alone I come. The wrath of, what does it say at the end of chapter 6? The wrath of God and the wrath of the Lamb. Don't take my word for it. Prestigious, powerful people fall on us. Hide us from the face of him. Please, would you cooperate with us, mountains? Would you cooperate, rocks? Please help me. You will have no covering in that day. You will have no covering if you are not covered by the righteousness of Christ. He who is seated on the throne, and here it is from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? That's over at verse 9 with me for just a moment of chapter 7. The Bible is good news for awakened sinners. The Bible, the gospel, speaks a word of hope, it speaks a word of judgment, and it also speaks a word of judgment that our sins have been judged at the cross of Christ. This whole book of Revelation is for Christians today. And it is meant to be a boon and an encouragement for believers. And I say again, if you are not a believer today, look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of your sins and run, as it were, to the cross of Calvary. Jesus is alive. Jesus has been risen from the dead. He is coming again. You must see him to be your treasure and your righteousness. After this, John says in verse 9, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation and from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. I read that this week and thinking about, you know, in a couple of weeks it's going to be, Well, in three weeks or so, it's going to be Easter, but before that, of course, is Palm Sunday. This is not, of course, the passage that we typically go to, but it says, They're clothed in white robes, Revelation 7-9, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Well, why jump over to verse 9 of chapter 7? Let me... Let me come back to that, but I wanted you to see it now, nevertheless. I, I, I don't intend to jerk you around. I intentionally take you from verse 9 back to verse 9 of chapter 6. Look there with me. Chapter 6, verse 9. We're already in the middle of the two headings, and there's, there's only two, and we're in the middle of the second Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. Look at me. Praise the Lord. And you could say, number two, praise him even for suffering. Praise him in light of of the final judgment. Verse 9 of chapter 6, see the word of God. When he opened the fifth seal, who is that? That's the one who's been given all authority and power. That's the Lord Jesus. We don't have time to get into verses 1 through 8, the The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Go later, not now. Go later and look up Zechariah chapter six. The way you understand the New Testament, the way you understand Revelation is by knowing the whole Bible. If you know the Old Testament, then Revelation is not. It's not that hard. I don't understand all of Revelation. I know it's about Jesus Christ. I know that at the center of Revelation is a throne, and at the center of that throne is God, and I know that it's to God and to the Lamb. And I know that we are to praise God and the lamb because he was slain, because he is crucified one. He was crucified and therefore he conquers. He conquers through crucifixion. This is Jesus here. Verses one through eight, as I say, as I just said, verses one through eight, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Zechariah six, one through eight. All right, tab Verse 9, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. All of this is going with final judgment, all of it. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Eight years ago, this was pointed out to me this week. Eight years ago, in a news story from the Christian Post, it said this, four Iraqi Christian children who were all beheaded by the Islamic State refused to betray Jesus and graciously died in his name when the ISIS militants gave them one last chance to say the Islamic words of conversion. The title of this article uh, from eight years ago from the Christian Post is this. Here's the title, Vicar of Baghdad four Iraqi Christian kids beheaded after refusing to convert to Islam, telling ISIS militants, no, we love Jesus. Here's what the article goes on to say. He recounted recounted the recent incident when ISIS militants beheaded four kids, all of whom were under the age of 15. When the kids refused to say that they would follow the prophet Muhammad and told the ISIS fighters, that they will always, quote, love and follow Jesus. Say, man, that's heavy. That's a little bit, that is heavy. Look again at the text. And I say again that all of this goes with the idea of final judgment. I read it again, verse 9 of chapter 6. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain. By the way, we don't shrink back from saying one of the number one points of this whole four chapters is God is sovereign. Say over this? Yes, over this. You say, man, there's atrocities happening over in the other eastern part of the world right now. There's war going on. You say, God has allowed it. Yes, God has allowed it. And you you say more according to, if you want to be faithful to scripture, God is on his throne now. He's on his throne now and he rules. That's what the Bible teaches. No, we don't understand it all. But if you don't believe me, then just look at what it says. Verse 11, then they were each given a white robe. Who's, the, who's given a white robe? The martyrs, right? You know what a martyr is. The martyrs and told to rest a little longer, be patient, wait until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. And I submit to you that what verse 11 teaches is not only does God ordain salvation, he also ordains Salvation and yes, even the beheading of his chosen martyrs. If you read verse eleven too quickly, you, you, you read you just you read it too quickly. Wait a little bit longer. How long? How long until you bring in the final judgment? How long until justice is done? That's not a bad prayer. They're not praying for personal vengeance. Do you see? They're not just personally ticked off that they were beheaded. Lord, when are you you going to bring vengeance for my sake? No, 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 no. This is for the glory of God. How long until you display your judgments? And the answer comes, I will judge the world, but not until The full number of those who are to be martyred for my sake has arrived. You see that? How long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? He says in verse 10. Friends, the truth of the matter is, this is one of the big, big things of the book of Revelation. Listen to me. We as believers, we as believers overcome, or you could say conquer, through suffering and even through death, like a martyr's death. Let me say that again. We as believers, the book of Revelation says, we as believers overcome or conquer through suffering and even death. And this is all because of the pattern, the pattern of Jesus. You know, it's sobering. It's sobering about these four children under the age of 15 who were beheaded for rejecting Muhammad and Islam, and pledging their allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, we delight to follow Jesus. But, but none of these, even as precious as they are under the age of 15 or, or an 85-year-old martyr, the difference, of course, that we have to be—the difference, of course— is that they died for their faith, but they didn't die as the Son of God. Jesus died as the Son of God, not for doing anything sinful or ever doing anything wrong. Jesus died as the Son of God, never sinning, and He died in the place of sinners to bring us to God. There's a key difference. A person, by God's ordaining, verse 11, by the ordaining of God, might die for following Christ But it is Christ and Christ alone who died as God in our place to bring us to God, which is to say his death is a unique death and it's the pattern for our lives. When he opened the sixth seal, verse 12, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black. Okay, seals one through four bad, but. Not like cosmic scale seal six, cosmic scale. This is the end. This is the end. Verse 13 And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree shed its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, Revelation 6:14, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful, and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. Let this land on you. And who can stand? Before we close in a few minutes, I wonder what you would answer to that question in verse 17. Not out loud, but in your mind, in your heart, as we say. Jesus, the Lamb, received this scroll from God the Father in Revelation 4 and 5. The Lamb alone is worthy to take the scroll. Listen to me. The Lamb took the scroll from God the Father because He alone was worthy and there's seven seals on this scroll, and he begins to open the seals one by one. What does this scroll represent? It represents God's plans for the future, God's purposes for, his, for history. He opens this sixth seal, verse 12, and it concludes in verse 17. And if you've been reading closely at all, it says this question, The great day of their wrath has come, and you need to think about this, and who can stand? What is the obvious answer to that question? Nobody. Nobody can stand. Our God is holy and he is holy and he is gracious and he is merciful. And when you compare verse 17 to 7-9, it is no mistake, it is no mistake that Verse 9 of chapter 7 says this. Look at it. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation. From all tribes and peoples and languages. Before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes and with palm branches in their hands. I left out a word. It's right there, smack dab in the middle of verse nine, standing before the throne. If you would please notice, this is no mistake. It is no mistake that Revelation seven, nine says that people purchased by the blood of Christ, people from all over the world, what are they doing before the throne? They're standing. This answers the question of verse 17. The day of the Lord is a reality in human history. It will come, my friend. And the words wrath and lamb meaning judgment and Jesus, they do go together. But the judgment of God has fallen on all believers upon the head of Jesus on the cross when he died at Calvary 2,000 years ago. That's when I was saved. And the answer to the question at the end of chapter 6, who can stand when everybody's saying, please let the rocks fall on me because I have no defense. Answer You do if you're in Christ. You will stand. You will stand. You know that now. Know that now. Not according to your own goodness or merits or ability to stand on your own two feet. In Jesus Christ. Because he who has begun a good work in you will perfect it unto the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 6. You will stand. You will stand. You will stand. They were standing before the throne and before the lamb. Why? Well, because of the grace of God and because of the lamb who was slain. Because he is our pattern. He, is our, he conquered through crucifixion. Or to use two Ds, he was delivered through death. And whether you die as a martyr for your faith or not, the same pattern is true for all of us. We are delivered through suffering. We conquer through crucifixion. I die daily. Perhaps somewhat in light of Ukraine and Russia, but much more that. I want to conclude this sermon and I want to invite you to stand. I'm going to look at Mark 13. And I want to encourage you with this. Thank you for your patience and your attentiveness. Mark 13. As he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, see that no one leads you astray. Many will come. Can we hear these words in 2022? Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place. That sounds like God's got a plan. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. But be on your guard, dear brothers and sisters. For they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake. What a privilege! Go in peace today. You will be hated all for my name's sake. But but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Aaron, with your help, can we just read out loud verses 9 and 10 together? But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations.